going on? Welcome to another episode of Random Cavos Over Coffee Podcast. I'm Sean Burkowski. And I'm Philip McCullough. Welcome to the show. Welcome. And so today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to try this. It's first time we've done a Q&A episode, questions and answers. So we've asked for you guys to send in some questions. You've done it through email, through Instagram, direct messages, through comments, and we've compiled some of the best ones. And uh, right here today, we're going to we're going to go ahead and answer some of them. You ready for this, Phil? I'm ready. You gonna reveal your it. darkest, deepest secrets? I hope not. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into this. All right. So the first question is: uh, the podcast is named "Random Convos Over Coffee," but ironically, ironically, you guys never talk about coffee. Touche. Right, uh, fair enough. So here's the coffee question: What is your favorite? <laughs> uh, my favorite coffee is uh, I typically drink uh, Pete's coffee. Uh, I Powered like the by Pete's. There. Powered by Pete's. Yep. Every day, so except for the few days that I run out and wait for my uh, resupply. <laughs> but yeah, the, typically Pete's coffee. Um, sometimes I'll swing into a Starbucks and grab coffee. Most of the time I brew uh, brew Pete's at home. Um, if I'm out by one of their stores, I love stopping in. They make a great cup of coffee. Uh, just so pleasant to, to talk to and, and whatnot, uh, the different uh, breezes that work there. So, nice. so yeah, that, that's probably the top of my list. I uh, I actually I love the Lavazza coffee, the Italian coffee. Um, mm. Lavazza Grand Aroma is kind of like my go-to. Um, typically, I, I love to do French press. Uh, if I don't if I don't have time in the morning to do the French press, then I have a Keurig with one of the refillable pods, and so I just put the, the coffee in there and, and put it in the Keurig. But um, I got hooked on French press because I was actually out on a video shoot in Georgia, and it was uh, it was catered, and so the guy who was doing the coffee came in with this giant French press and we were all at the table having breakfast and watching this guy put the grounds in and then he does the circular motion with the hot water until it comes to the top and he let it steep for a minute and then he puts this thing in it where it where it basically separates the coffee grounds from the water and then pours it into the mug and my gosh it was so smooth it was so delicious and I was like how have I never heard of this or had this in my mm. life where were where have you been all my life and uh, I've I've never wanted to have coffee you know, that wasn't French pressed again. It was that good. Um, so again, if I have time in the morning, I'll do a French press with the Lavazza. I'll add a little bit of coconut cream to it, and uh, it's just delicious. But um, mm. it's, it's uh, nice. That, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I bought a French press years ago. I've I've used it a couple times, um, but I guess now with YouTube, I should probably just look and see how to use it uh, better. I have not had very good success with one uh, to get a great cup of coffee. I rely on my Ninja Coffee Bar, and uh, I love that I can just make great uh, great cup of coffee or a pot of coffee, or I can throw it in and it has a way to simulate an espresso and make okay. a, a much stronger coffee it's not a true espresso maker but uh but it gets it close so it gives me a variety uh depending on what i want so do you want to get a little life hack here for you phil yeah if you do if you do the Fr <laughs> if you do the french press you know you got to have boiling hot water right so, yes so some people will boil the water and then pour it into the french press from the boiling water i'm gonna give you a little life hack since I have a Keurig, I use the Keurig. Mm. <laughs> so, so, I have, so I have a single cup French press. I put it under the Keurig without any, any pods in it, obviously. So there's no coffee. It's just basically running the hot water into the French press. And then you can still do the circular motion with the French press as it's pouring the water in mm. if you want to, if you want to be fancy. Nice. <laughs> if not, but it's a little life hack. You don't have to wait for boiling water. You can literally just put the French press under the uh, Keurig, run the hot water in it, and boom, you're good to go. You don't have to wait mm. for it to heat up on the stove. Anyway, a little life hack. Nice. So, moving on. Um, next, next question here. 
Since starting the podcast, have your goals for it changed? And what is your favorite episode so far? Hmm. So my goals. So no, I don't think my goals for the podcast have changed. Um, when we started out, we talked about this and, and went over different scenarios of what we were, we were looking to do. Um, I wanted to get comfortable being uncomfortable. This is certainly uh, the platform for that, uh, being on video and, and stuff. Um, you know, we wanted to be able to leave a legacy. So good, bad, or indifferent, I'm, I'm leaving a legacy through this. And, and we wanted to be able to try to add value to the listeners. And that's, that's still the goal. You know, hopefully we're achieving the goal. And I would imagine that how we achieve the goal might change as, as we keep going forward with this. But um, I think my goals have, have stayed the same so far. Um, I, I think my favorite episode overall uh, would have been the Vintage Limited episode. Uh, I, I liked revisiting that part. That was, uh, that was a, a really fun time. Of course, that was when you and I got most, uh, most acquainted uh, working together on projects. And really just uh, enjoyed that. So being able to go back down memory lane like that and walk yeah. through that was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll go in reverse uh, of the two questions. So my favorite episode was the Vintage Limited episode as well. Um, just because that was a business that I was most proud of. And the easiest episodes to do are the ones where it's just telling a story mm-hmm. about something that you're passionate about, something you believe in, something that you were excited about, and just reminiscing and telling stories. Um, those are the easiest episodes to do and the ones that I really, really enjoy. And that was one of them. And my, uh, my goals haven't changed. Um, maybe the format in which we do these changed a little bit, but you know, just like you, you know, the, the, the reason we did this is to leave a legacy for our kids of stories of things that we've done in our lives so that they can look back at it and have an archive of, of things to, to go back and, and look at and listen to and hear uh, some of the stories of things that have, have happened in our lives. That's, that's always been the goal. The other thing is to add value to the listeners. And so sometimes we'll touch on topics that are very timely, things that are in the news right now um, that we, we have an opinion about and, and we'll talk about. You know, when we started this podcast, I kind of had two ground rules personally. One was no politics, and the other was don't talk about stuff that you don't know. So you probably wonder why we're one of the few outlets who aren't talking about the war in Ukraine and Russia. It's because I'm not an expert on the subject matter, so I don't have a lot of value to add to that, so I'm not going to interject and start talking about something I don't know enough about. And so I tend to stay away from those things. And so the topics that we talk about here are things that we feel we can add value to or have a opinion on. And uh, again, nothing's really changed as far as my goals and um, the way that we proceeded with this, with this podcast. I'm pretty happy with it. I'll tell you, you know, we've gotten better as, as the show has gone along. <laughs> uh, if you go back, there's episodes that I wish we could redo like the first one. But, you know, as you do more episodes, you get better. And by the seventh or eighth episode, you know, it's really starting to hit on all cylinders and you get more comfortable behind the camera. But you know what? Episode 16 is going to be better than episode eight. Mm -hmm. And they're going to continually to to get better. And so that's one of the things by doing this podcast, one of the goals was to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And um, I think we've both achieved that at some level. So moving forward on it. Here's a point for you then, Sean, sure. since you, you gave me a nice point earlier. Um, nobody likes their episode number one. Everybody, <laughs> everybody I've heard talk about it, half of them, you can't even find them on their show anymore. They'll, they'll talk about the notorious episode number one that nobody's you know heard and they, they don't want anybody to hear. <laughs> so, so we've done well. We have one of those episodes at least that we don't want anybody to go back and hear. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, some of the best episodes are still within this first ten episodes that we've mm-hmm. done. The vintage episode, the episode about the music industry and getting some stuff on MTV. Yeah, you know, those are again, those are the best ones because those are just telling stories, and mm-hmm. and I love to tell stories uh, so that you know kids have something to hear of of some of the cool stuff that we did mm-hmm. in our lives. Yep. Very good. Do you want to take next okay, one? I've got the next question then. Uh, what other podcasts do you listen to? And do you find inspiration from these shows? So uh, there's there's probably three or four episodes or uh, podcasts that I listen to personally. It's really, really hard to find something that's good uh, through all the noise. There's so many podcasts out there and there's so few that are actually worth listening to. A lot of times it's just the host. I just can't connect with the host and so I just don't have interest in doesn't hold my interest or maybe it's a subject matter or poor production quality or whatever. Maybe just too much information in your face where you're you know, in your ears. And by the time you are done with the episode, the first episode, you're just fatigued and you're like, I'm never going back to that again. <laughs> it happens. And so it's hard to find something that you just really connect with. There's right. a couple that, that I connect with. Um, one is called my first millions podcast. And it started by, there was this newsletter called the hustle. And the hustle is basically an email newsletter that was started by this guy named Sam Parr, um, mm-hmm. and he he this newsletter would basically be business ideas. So he would talk about new business ideas and things going on for entrepreneurs specifically, um, giving you ideas about businesses to start and different things that he's seeing, seeing trends in the marketplace that you could create a business around these upcoming trends in the marketplace. And so I enjoyed it. There was a podcast that was started by a uh, a guy named Sean Purry. And Sean started it alone at first, and then eventually Sam Parr came on, and it became a two-man uh, show. That's when I really think it started kicking off, and it was basically like Sean and Sam, you know, going back and forth, riffing on different business ideas, and that was something that I really connected with it because it was like two college roommates or buddies just riffing on ideas, and it was like general conversations with two two regular dudes, and it was uh, something that really caught my attention. They're both really good hosts, and uh, and and the show was really phenomenal. Um, I've I've followed it for the last couple of years as they've grown. I think they're I don't know they're like episode two hundred or three hundred or four hundred something like that. I probably listen to every single one of them. It's been been something that's that's that I really really enjoy. Um, the other one is uh, a show by this, this guy named Jason Harbinger, uh, Jordan Harbinger, sorry, the Jordan Harbinger show. I don't listen to all his episodes, but um, there's a few on there where, where he'll do interviews. He's a very good interviewer, and uh, he's interviewed guys like Tony Hawk. He's interviewed um, uh, you know, guys who have gone undercover in, let's say, the Middle East, and they've defected as, um, as informants. Or there's former mob bosses that have been interviewed and guys who've gone undercover in the mob. And they have these incredible stories to tell about different espionage and crime and different things like that. Um, there was one recently where there was this guy who was an American who, who fell in love with China, moved over to China. He actually ended up getting married and having a child with a woman in China. And then he saw the progression of the, the Chinese Communist Party take over in the country with the social system uh, where there's a point system related on, on different things. If you go to jaywalk, you get points taken against mm. you. And and there was this, there's these really intriguing stories about how the... the landscape has changed over there and he had to get out of there before he magically disappeared one day like some of the other people that he knew and mm. it was just these different stories you know related to things like that um that i really enjoyed there's another podcast called the all-in podcast these tech titans in 
Silicon Valley. And they, you know, own these big companies. They're, they're very wealthy guys, but they're very well connected. Some of the topics that they, they talk about is, you know, they were talking about like Elon Musk buying Twitter. Well, it's interesting because they actually know Elon personally. And so there's the, from a high level, they have uh, mm. good opinions on things that are, they're involved in the tech industry. Matter of fact, uh, one of the guys actually, um, identified when the, the bottom of the, the crypto market and the stock market was about to fall out. This was back in like November, and it did right after he, he, he mentioned it on the podcast that he kind of foreshadowed that. So I've been kind of paying attention to that podcast because it's one that I enjoy. Um, the third one is I like to go back in, or fourth one rather, is I like to go back and listen to old episodes of the Gary Vaynerchuk podcasts. Hmm. So like the Ask Gary V show, or there's one called Marketing for the Now. Where he'll interview, you know, the heads of marketing at Nike or uh, you know Unilever, or different different big companies about what they're doing in marketing. I enjoy those. The Ask Gary V show uh, from years ago was you know talking about how do I start a podcast, show? how do I how do I start a YouTube show, you know, how do I get popular on social media, and those were interesting episodes. The more recent ones I think are less entertaining for me because it's it's typically about the NFTs and stuff, but. The um, the older shows I think were more entertaining mm. for me, and those are the, so I will go back and listen to some of those older episodes. Mm. Those are the four main podcasts and shows that I I kind of enjoy. Like I said, there's so many out there; it's so hard to cut through the noise and find good ones. So there's mm -hmm. a couple. Yeah, nice. So I, uh, I I've probably been a long time listener, and and lately with uh, my my classes and coaching that I'm involved in with business. I haven't been able to listen as much as I like to, but a longtime listener of Leo Laporte's uh, Twit Network, which is This Week in Tech, and then he's got a bunch of spinoff shows uh, based, you know, maybe on Google or Apple or uh, Windows. Uh, I love the know, acronym, security. by the way. Yeah. Twit. Yep. So, so basically this weekend and he's got a ton of shows on it. And um, I remember him back when he was on uh, Tech TV. And just a great all-around broadcaster, a wonderful personality, really just seems to, to draw people in. Uh, makes just about any show I see him on interesting. And so I, I always enjoyed, uh, if I couldn't watch the show, I would listen to the show. But basically when, when all that went away on the TV side, he started his own network through podcasting and then just built it from there. And, and, and is doing really well with it, which, which you know I always like to see anyway. Somebody who's um, pretty much, I, I think... Um, not the direction he was looking at when everything went away with the the TV space, uh, rebuild everything and and have something very successful. So so mm -hmm. I've been enjoying that. Uh, in the mornings, I used to listen to, and again, I just haven't been listening to podcasts as much lately. Um, one that I used to like to listen to a lot just for to get my brain flowing in the in the thoughts of business and things was a podcast called Marketing Over Coffee with uh, John Wall and Chris Penn, and like they would. Yeah, they would actually go and just set up in a coffee shop and they would just talk. You would hear the things in the background. So it gave um, just some, some great ambiance. Uh, yeah, ambiance to the show. And then they would just discuss different marketing for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And I would just sit and listen to that on my drive into work. And hmm. by the time I got to work or wherever I was heading or doing, I was all charged up. And, you know, ideas now were flowing in my own head of things that I could do or want to do. And, so from there, I listened to some different ones on startups and, and business-related things, um, you know, business strategies, that type of stuff. So uh, but those are those were probably the biggest ones that I would say had inspired me, especially to the point of what we're doing now. Nice. Yeah. Can we get into the, uh, the next one here? Yes, but I had to switch my notes back over. They went away. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Ah, I see. So the next question is actually directed to you, Sean. Uh, what's one trend or thing that you're noticing in crypto right now that has your attention? Oh, well, I've been kind of been dabbling in, in crypto and paying attention, which shout out, by the way, there's this awesome newsletter that I think I referred you to called The Milk Road. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about podcasts and that guy named Sean Purry, he started this um, newsletter called Milk Road. And I love it because it's not so over your head with charts and graphs and technical jargon and information that I'm not going to retain. It's like mm -hmm. people that just tell updates on things that are going on in crypto, you know, like a regular guy. <laughs> just like your buddy telling you some cool stuff that he just learned. I love that. That's a cool newsletter. So definitely sign up for that. Um, I so did, couple, by the way. Awesome. Also, are you enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good, right? Yep. yep. So so the uh, couple things I've been, been paying attention, the Luna Foundation has uh, been investing billions of dollars in Bitcoin. Uh, I think they're currently planning on investing about $10 billion in the Bitcoin. And why do I care about this? Well, the, the Luna Foundation, they have their own stable coin called UST, and it's basically a one-to-one -to, -one to the US dollar. So one UST or stable coin is worth uh, one US dollar. And so everything's kind of tied. It's a one-to-one -one, as opposed to like, you know, a Bitcoin, a dollar in a Bitcoin is not going to buy you much, but a fraction because a Bitcoin's worth 41,000 and change, whatever. So it's, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison. The stable coins are typically like that. Uh, the Luna Foundation says that, that they're basically investing these billions of dollars in the Bitcoin as a reserve for their stable coin. What does that mean? I have no earthly clue. <laughs> I don't know how my car works, but I know I can get in it and turn the key and I can drive down the driveway. I don't know how the pistons work. I don't know how the brakes work. I have a basic understanding, but you know, I'm not an expert on it and it's okay. Uh, you don't have to know how all the stuff works in and out to know how it affects it. And, and by effect, this is what I mean. You, when every time a whale invests something like $10 billion in the Bitcoin, what happens? The price is going to go up. At the very least, it's going to stabilize, right? So it did. It, it substantially rose about 19%. Uh, the price of Bitcoin had, had gone down. Now, since kind of leveled out, maybe it's 12, maybe it's 13, whatever. But it initially went up about 19% after the announcement of this, uh, you know, crypto whale investing $10 billion into the currency. It's a considerable, substantial mm -hmm. amount of money. Um, so that was something I've been paying attention to. I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. I think it's one of the few. It's it's Bitcoin, it's Ethereum, and maybe Solana that I take long-term bets on. And um, I, I believe long-term on those. The other thing is kind of an interesting story is uh, ApeCoin. Have you heard of this ApeCoin, Phil? No. All right. Are you familiar with the Board Ape Yacht Club? No. You mean you don't collect NFTs? You don't have millions of dollars <laughs> invested in your in your digital wallet, Phil? I don't yet have millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That, that, that would be step one. All right. So Board Ape Yacht Club. Let's just kind of you know give you the explainer as if you were as if people listening to this uh, have no clue what I'm talking about. The Board Ape Yacht Club is this NFT project. NFT is digital art. So it's a picture, a digital picture of let's say it's an ape, a monkey with. Um, he and he's got a cigar coming out of his mouth and he's wearing a ship captain's hat, right? Mm. And it's a cool looking art and he's got this kind of blase look on his face and there's different variations of this of this character. There's ones with mohawk, there's ones with lasers shooting in the other eyes. There's ones with floral pattern polos and different clothing. It's basically the same character just different variations. It's a collection of art and they're mm. called the Board Ape Yacht Club. And okay. it's it's become a phenomenon. Uh, so there's celebrities and recording artists and actors and, and, you know, billionaires who've invested in this art collection and it's kind of become a pop 
culture phenomenon. Um, the floor price on a board ape yacht, a, a yacht club character, is around three hundred thousand dollars and change. It's may even be more than that. So imagine this digital piece of artwork, this JPEG on your computer that you spent over three hundred thousand dollars for, and it's in your digital wallet as your collection. Mm. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it it is one of the most popular digital collections out there in the NFT space. Mm. And uh, the the creators of this is a company called Yuga Labs. Yuga Labs recently bought the acquired the intellectual property of some of older projects that have been around forever or, or since the start of the NFTs, uh, OGs, as as we say, the CryptoPunks, which are like these eight bit characters. Think of like Nintendo. Remember Mario back in like the original Nintendo? These eight bit characters uh, mm-hmm. of these punks, uh, guys, mohawks and and different glasses and different characteristics uh, that are also worth hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. for these digital characters. These are these NFT projects. Uh, MeBits was another one that they purchased and they all purchased them from a company called Larva Labs. Not that that's important at this point, but uh, so Yuga Labs, Yuga Labs is planning on, on what are they going to do with all this IP? Their Board Ape Yacht Club, their MeBits, their CryptoPunks and so on. They're going to create a video game out of them and it's going to be kind of a VR game. It's an open world VR game. You put the headset on, you can interact as if as your uh, NFT character in this virtual world. It's going to be called Other Side. There's not a whole lot of uh, of information about it yet. It hasn't been released, mm. uh, but the, some people believe it's going to be a play-to-earn game, which is kind of like this new format of video games, where basically as you play the game, you're earning currency from playing mm. the game. So as you level up your character, he's worth more that you can sell for, you know, virtual currency that you can exchange for, you know, actual fiat currency, dollar bills, and right. uh, and, and cash out. Um, play to earn video game and uh, in this VR game in this other world game they need a virtual currency so they created their own currency called ApeCoin hmm. and when I heard about this I said there's no way this is going to fail because for one the Board Ape Yacht Club is a phenomenon and it, and I don't know if I can't wrap my head around why somebody would spend $300,000 on a digital piece of artwork I'm not going to second guess the fact that somebody's also going to be, you know, this this virtual currency is going to be worth something. This altcoin is going to be worth something. Right. So, so it's like seven in the morning. I'm I'm tired. I'm in my pajamas. I, I drive my son down to the, the the bus stop so he can catch the bus, and I'm flipping through my phone as I do in the morning. And I read this article about the board Ape, about the Yuga Labs, the makers of Board Ape Yacht Club, creating this altcoin, this current this dirt digital currency called ApeCoin, and it was launching mm. today. So awesome. So I go look at the price of it and, and it, the floor price, you know, was about a dollar. So I was like, cool. How do I get into it? How do I buy it? Well, it's mm-hmm. not on any of the currency. It's not on any of the exchanges that I can access. So it's not on crypto.com. Okay. It's not on Coinbase. It's not on Gemini. It's not on any of those yet. So, all right, well, I can't buy it, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. This is interesting. This is an interesting story, right? Mm-hmm. So I go home, I go back to bed, I get up, I'm getting ready, you know, for work. And I'm, I'm reading the news again. I see. I got an email from Coinbase that they now introduced ApeCoin on Coinbase, the exchange, and a couple other exchanges that are out there. Why does this mean anything? Well, it's very, very rare that an altcoin, the day that it's launched, makes it on some of these big exchanges. Usually Mm -hmm. it takes time for the coin to get vetted, for it to prove itself before it gets released. So the fact that Coinbase, on the day that it was released, or, or a day or two after it was released, has enabled it on their exchange is a big deal. 
And I just got this email from Coinbase. So now I'm early in my head. I'm thinking I'm still early, right? People don't know about this yet. I just got this email. It was just announced. It just released 30 minutes ago. So mm-hmm. I go on Coinbase and I looked. This coin that was a dollar a few hours ago is now at $7. And, it's, and I see it rising. And I said, I'm going to jump on this. So I place a calculated bet. I put some money on it. Not a lot. Just a little bit. A couple hours go by. Let's say afternoon. I'm sitting down to have lunch. I check the price again. It's like $11. So I've already made, you know, $3 per coin that I've put in there per, per you know, per purchase. I put, I've already, I've already made a little bit of money on it and I go and I make a significant bet on it. So I, I start putting, putting some real money on it just to kind of see what happens. I'm, I believe in this, right? It's, it's still mm-hmm. early people, you know, may, maybe they were at work and they didn't get the email yet that it was available. So I'm, I'm saying, okay, this, this thing's going to mature. It's going to get popular by the end of the day. The price hits fourteen dollars and twenty nine cents. Nice. Remember, you come in at, a, at if I'd have got in a dollar, I really would have been good. But I say yeah. I came in at seven. Now I've doubled my money. I'm mm-hmm. at I'm at fourteen. I'm feeling pretty good. And you have these emotional highs. Couple days go by. The price starts to drop. Like everything with these altcoins, a lot of times what happens is there's a lot of excitement and people really mm-hmm. get into it and they get really excited about it and the price goes skyrocket and then it tanks. And a lot of times with these altcoins, the floor will fall out of it and will be worth nothing. Hmm. So I get spooked, Phil. <laughs> I'm, sitting at a, I'm sitting at my son's soccer practice. I'm in the car and I'm watching the coin drop. Hmm. I bought some at 7 I bought a significant amount at eleven fifty. Now the price of the coin is about $10.24. Hmm. So I look at it and I say, if I get out now, I'm just about going to break even. I'm not going to make any money. I'm not going to lose any money. I'm going to break right. even. So I get spooked. And I do it. A few days later, the price goes back up. <laughs> of course. And so Sean learns uh, a lesson. <laughs> Sean learns a lesson that he, there's, that he will no longer be doing day trading. <laughs> mm. That I don't have a stomach for it. Because you've got these emotional highs and you're so excited that you, now you doubled your money. And you're really, really excited. And then you lose it all because the price drops. And, mm. and it's just emotional roller coaster. And I decided at that moment, you know what? I'm out. I'm not doing this day trading thing on the altcoins anymore. Which, by the way, as of right now, I think the coin is like almost $17.30. $17. So it's just just to show you, man. If I'd have held on, you know, mm. I'd be up. But you can't. You just This emotional roller coaster is just mm. taxing and it's not worth it. And... At the end of the day, this is a rigged game that I'm just not going to win. So, <laughs> so, so lesson that you learned is invest your money instead on a trip to Vegas and go out there and gamble some. <laughs> you might as well. You might as well. <laughs> uh, you know, it, there's a there's there's a few coins that I believe in long term, and that's Bitcoin, that's Ethereum, maybe mm-hmm. Solana if I'm if I'm you know taking a valued risk. But beyond that, probably not. Uh, mm-hmm. These altcoins, you know, they rise and fall. And, you know, it could be 150%. And then the next day it's negative 20. And, you, and there's pump and dump schemes that happen a lot. And these altcoins that you take risks on, man, it's rough. It's rough. Mm. And, and if, you know, there's people who day trade and they make significant money. Mm-hmm. But it takes an enormous amount of your attention. And it's just not me. I can't. I'm yeah. not going to. I've got and, other things. And Tums. <laughs> What's that? And, and Tums. Yeah, yeah, for your, yeah. 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 It's yeah. taxing. Pepto-Bismol or, you know, just drink it from the bottle. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, so the two things that those are two things that I've been keeping an eye on that I thought were pretty interesting stories. 
Gotcha. So then as a longtime listener to the show myself, then then the question that I would have for you as a listener is, um, are you going to take any more chances on some of the entry-level coins and <laughs> just park it? Since you said you're not going to day trade, does that mean that you might jump in and just leave one sit and ride and see what happens? Or are you pretty nope. much just going to stay with the, no. the, the big three? No, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I, I, I can't. Uh, you know, there, never say never, I guess, but n- n- probably not. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think with the in this particular case the, with the Abe coin, you know, it's right mm. about the time where they're going to. So so Yuga Labs just announced that they're going to be selling uh, digital property, digital real estate within the game. Mm. What does that mean? You know, if you want a, a block of land in the other side game, you can purchase it and you could build your own Disneyland in there or you could build a mansion and throw parties where you could have Steve Aoka, you know, spinning on the wheels of steel and you could, you know, go hang out in the in, in the in the the living room, you know, with uh Eminem who's mm. who's dressed up in his uh NFT collect. Who knows, man? Who knows right. what's going to happen in this virtual world? But people are getting excited about it, is the mm. bottom line. And that's caused the price the, to go up um again on the coin has rise. But as things rise, they also fall. Mm-hmm. And so the price will, will rise and fall. And, and as I've learned, I just don't have the stomach for it. But no, uh, it's fair there's, enough. There's money to be made. So, so 10 years from now, when we're looking back and going, man, I, I could have bought in at $7. <laughs> well, even look, $10. Look, I, 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 this is not a crypto podcast and I am not a financial advisor, but I believe in Bitcoin long term. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I believe in Ethereum. Um, and those prices, I believe, are at a value right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, just remember. It was at, Bitcoin was at sixty nine thousand dollars not too long ago. Mm-hmm. It's currently at around forty one and change. And I so remember if when you, people would it, give coins away just to give them away when they were fifteen dollars or, or fifteen they, cents. or less. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah, when they first started. I remember when it first started. That was a big. I was you know heavy into the tech podcast back then. So that was that was all over all of them. Right. And, the, the, uh, well, the point is, is the point is, is that there. If you believe in it long term, and you think that that point will go back to one, what it once was at its all time high or higher, which a lot of people believe that it will, once there's mm-hmm. more regulation in the crypto industry, once there's regulation, that means there's more protection. That means that there's there's more things like you put your money in a bank, but if somebody robs that bank, you're you're insured to have your money back. Well, mm-hmm. right now the crypto is the wild wild west. So if somebody steals your money, it's gone. Uh, but once there's some more regulation, once you can do things like use it as an ETF. Uh, where you can trade it with your 401k and invest in, in, in some of these digital assets, it's coming. And when that happens, there's going to be trillions of dollars that will flow into it, and the value will, will go up. Hmm. And do, this, this is my personal opinion, by the way. This is in fact, but this is my personal opinion that, that the price will go up. And so when you look at the price right now and you see Bitcoin at $41,000, I see it as an opportunity. And, you know, because I believe that it will go back up to its all-time high and beyond that. Hmm. And so if you get in now, then you have the opportunity of the upside. Even though, you know, you look at, okay, well, yes, once it was $15 and now it's $41,000. And don't you wish you'd have got in then? Well, yes, I do wish I had. And I had the opportunity I, I didn't. Um, right. But you could still invest a little bit now. And so I don't have a ton vested in it. And, you know, my life's not riding on, on our crypto. But I do have some in there that I do believe in it. And mm-hmm. I, I hope that one day it will help in my retirement. <laughs> so. <laughs> Very good. So next question. I watched your show on YouTube and I noticed that you both have quite the mug collection. Any favorites or any particular stories behind them? Hmm. First off, shout out to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk who coined the phrase mug life. <laughs> a play off of uh, Tupac's, of course, thug life during his show, The uh, Trash Talks. 
mm. where he would go mm. out to basically Gary Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk would go out to uh, has a show on YouTube. This is, a, this is a millionaire, by the way, who goes to yard sales to find things like GI Joes, mugs, you know, old video games that he can buy for a dollar, flip it, and sell it on eBay for five dollars because he gets joy out of it. I love the show, by the way. <laughs> but one of the things he coined was he would go buy these old mugs and then he would go flip them on eBay and he would call it mug life. So there's a nice little joke, running joke with the kids and I. Sometimes <laughs> we'll go to you know some secondhand store and we'll buy things. And I see this cool Starbucks mug, which because there's this whole collectibles of Starbucks mm-hmm. mugs, which people will buy and trade and sell you know for 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 good money on uh online. <laughs> and I say, hey guys, mug life, look. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got uh, I've got one. One is this one right here, which is uh this is my Tigger mug. Um, that was actually gifted to me, I believe, to my, my wife, who back then we had graduated high school and we got married and, uh, and uh, was starting a job in the real, real world, <laughs> <laughs> designing textbooks for colleges and high school education. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get these, these big science books and they have covers and, and all the pages that were laid out inside. Well, I did some of those. And nice. um, in that job, uh, you know, had my own cubicle, my own, my own space, my own office. And, uh, you know, I needed, needed to bring things in. And she, so she gifted me this mug that I had, uh, it's a very large mug. So it carries a lot of coffee, which, you know, as I find I need during the day to keep awake and keep motivated, <laughs> but, uh, it's sentimental value to me cause I've had it now for what, 30 years or so, uh, long time, long time, 20 years. And it's uh, one of my favorites. So that one, and I've also got this one, which is, this is a mug that I got from Kalahari. If you're watching on YouTube and you can see it, this is um, Kalahari is this indoor water park that we went to with the kids on a vacation. And uh, it was a cool place. So typically like we go to like, the New York or Disney World or wherever. You know, some people collect magnets. Some people collect stickers. You know, people collect different things. I collect mugs. So <laughs> <laughs> I got a collection of mugs from different vacations that we've been on. It's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. So mine was a gift too, but it was to myself. Um, I'm rocking my uh, 10x mug today. I got this for myself actually last year. I think it was. Is that Grant um, Cardone? Is that what it is? Grant Cardone. Yep. And um, and so I've been been following some of his stuff. Had went to a couple of his uh, conferences and have actually enrolled in some of his business programs to uh, learn how to grow and build a build a company myself. And I went ahead and, and ordered it at one point when I thought, you know, it's a great daily reminder to push myself 10 times harder than I think I'm able to. Hmm, and I like uh, I'm actually drinking out of it today because today was one of those days I got, I got called into work last night. I, <laughs> I did a, did an all-nighter and, you know, back back at it this morning with the podcast and with you know, with my side business stuff, trying to get it off the ground. And it was one of those days where I'm not feeling all that energetic and I knew I just needed to, to push through and... It's that nice reminder that says, "Hey, I've gotten this far. I can, I can push through this." So, so uh, today I'm rocking the 10x mug. I like that. Um, a lot of times I have my uh, lighthouse mugs. Um, I, I love lighthouses. Always have. Uh, I had a we we had a neighbor, my my wife and I's old house, and he had he had passed away. He had a had a mug uh, collection. And I helped his brother dealing with some of the stuff after he had passed away and his brother had to, you know, sell the property and things mm. like that. And uh, his brother gave me the, the mugs. And uh, so it's just kind of a nice uh, remembrance of them. But, nice. but the, each one has a different lighthouse on it and uh, some sailboats and stuff. And those are all, all fun things for me. So very cool. Uh, those are usually the ones I'm drinking out of. But yeah, if, <laughs> if I had room, uh, I, would, I would probably have way too many mugs for sure. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I bought my wife a uh, Superwoman mug. I think I got it for her for Mother's Day or something. Nice. Like, this is for you. It's it's cool. I, you know, we've 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 got a pretty good collection of different stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, well, this was a fun cool. episode with yeah. the, with the questions and answers. We should do more of these. Very much, yes. So, so every eight episodes. Yeah, something like that. Every, yeah, every if, ninth. Every, if you every guys, ninth. If, if, well, it, it comes up to these guys watching, right? So, so you're yeah. watching this. If if there's questions that you have, you know, leave the questions on mm-hmm. the YouTube videos. Leave the questions on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. You know, we do read the comments. Um, yep. Or visit us at the website, which is randomconvos.com. Uh, go to the website randomconvos.com. I'll put an email form on there. You can contact us through that mm-hmm. and uh, drop your questions and you could yeah. see it on a future episode. Don't forget to share your favorite mug and your favorite coffee. Nice. Nice. I like it. Yeah. You got <laughs> you to. Get. Have a good week, everybody. Yep. Have a good week. See ya. See ya.